This is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision, so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. It says, One day as Jesus was fishing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And then he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And then when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper. Anybody want to go deeper today? If you got a fantasy football wide out wide receiver, you want your quarterback telling him, hey, go deep today. Go deep today. Anybody, anybody football fans here today? Come on now. Jesus says, let's go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, if you say so, I'll let down my nets again. And this time, say this time. time. Say it a little bit louder. This time. time. Because you don't know which time will be this time. Maybe today will be this time. He says this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon, both boats that started out the day empty, that started out this time empty, are now filled with fish. So filled, so full that they're starting to sink. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am a sinful man, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with them. We're in a series called Whatever It Takes, and we're looking at specifically encounters that people had with Jesus, and he had a ton of encounters. We could go on for for years on end on the encounters that Jesus would have with people that seemingly did not have what it takes, the overlooked the overpressed, the, the, the oppressed. And he would say, no, you have exactly what it takes. They had no idea what was being offered to them in the moment. They had no idea they were on the cusp of the great catch. And so Jesus looks at your inadequacies and he looks at your insecurities and he says, I've done whatever it takes to let you know You have what it takes to be loved and used by God. That's the message of today and in this series, that you you have what it takes. Take a second, look at your neighbor and say, what were you thinking? Look at it and say, what were you thinking? Last week, or actually a few years ago, I went fishing and that's what I was Going, what were you? What were you thinking? I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible fisherman. But I had a friend of mine several years ago say, "Hey, we're, I'll take you up to Fenton Lake." 
and I'll show you a good time. You're not good at it, but I, 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 can, I can help you out, Mike. So he, he takes me to Fenton Lake. We're going to have a great time together. He sets me up with his rod. He gives me his favorite lure or one of his favorite lures, and he sets us up with power bait, which I don't know anything about power bait, but it's basically supposed to be like cheating. You're just supposed to put it in the water and the fish just jump on. I don't know. So we're set up. We're good to go. And it's beautiful out, fall weather and that sort of stuff. I get my, my rod out and I go uh, to set it to, to cast for the very first time. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a great day. We're going to catch a lot. I'm watching out for these lights. You guys, I see you guys. You're, you're checking out. This is why I'm not good. So I go and I go to cast and it goes... I'm like, okay, I know I'm not very good at casting, but I know it's supposed to, like, not pull and tug. So I, second time. And I look up. And I kid you not, 20 feet above me is my friend's favorite lure snagged up in a tree. I didn't even get the first cast out. And I'm going, ah, what were you thinking? You didn't even look up. And now I got to look at my friend over there and kind of wave, hey, hey. Um, and then there was no getting his lure back. It's probably still there at Fenton Lake if you, if you went there. Um, and I used power bait the rest of the time. We didn't catch a single fish. It was terrible. I, I'm a terrible fisherman. I have stories even in Missouri. Now I'm a country boy, and even growing up in Missouri, I would go fishing. And, and I remember one time I went fishing, and I cast out. We were catfishing. And all my friends, they're catching a bunch of catfish. And finally, I get that tug on my, on my pole. And I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, today's the day. We're going to eat good. This picture's going to look good on social media. I'm ready to go, and I'm cranking this in. Whoa, yeah. You know, everybody come take a look. Here, you know, my, I finally got one. They come over, and then they start laughing. And then they start, they start pointing. And as I'm pulling in this catfish thinking I got a good catch, what comes out of the water is a dirty, moldy T-shirt that had been at the bottom of the lake. Later that day, I get, a, I get a second one. I'm like, all right, here it goes. Whoa, here it comes. I got a big one. Come on, guys. You know, finally, you know, I got a T-shirt before. We're good to go. We're going to eat good catfish tonight. And then they start laughing. And then they start pointing. And I catch a giant snapper turtle. No fish, just a turtle and a T-shirt, okay? Fishing. Messes with my head. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm done with it. I don't want to go. Don't, and if you're a fisherman here, don't be like, oh, Mike, I'll, I'll show you. I can take you. We'll have a great time. No, you'll lose your lure. I'll probably break a pole. It's a, it's a bad experience for me. It messes with my head. And so many of us, we have had failures. We've been out fishing all night, and we've caught nothing. And we have discouragement. And it messes with our heads. The title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is What's in Your Head? What's in your head today? Last week we said, what's in your hand? God wants to use you in a powerful way. And it may not look like much. The five loaves and the two fish of that little boy that got overlooked. And Jesus says, what's in your hands? Perfect. Let's start with that. I'm going to work some stuff through that. Whatever you have to be used by God, don't, don't, don't overcomplicate it. Start with what's in your hand, but we got to also deal with what's in our head. Next week, we're going to say, we're going to talk about what's in your closet. That closet. 
that one in your, that closet in your house. You're like, no, no, no. Okay, we've got company coming over. Just don't look in that closet. What's in your closet? And then the final week, we're going to talk about what's in your heart. What's in your heart? We have things in there, and God's want, whatever's in there, he's going to say, you have what it takes. First thing in our head that I see in this passage that we got to deal with, that we can overcome and, and work through, is our discouragement. It says there was great crowds, but two empty boats there, right at the water, water's edge, for the fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. And we find out later that Peter said, we worked hard all night, and we didn't catch a thing. Imagine the frustration the discouragement of, of investing so much into something and not seeing any return on your investment. And the good news is this, what I want to say to you today, whatever you're facing, is Jesus notices. He sees you. I don't, we read right past that. But there was, it says, great crowds, hundreds, if not thousands of people on the scene pressing in to see Jesus. It's a little bit chaotic here. But he noticed two empty boats. He noticed the man who had a discouraging night in the midst of this moment. Jesus sees you today and he cares. We have a good father who sees you in the midst of your frustration, discouragement, and chaos today and he cares about you. We have a good father. He's better than us. As parents, in our imperfections, I remember this summer, went to, the, to the, the Friday night concert series. We only went to one, and we're not going back again for a long time. All right, they have the bounce houses. I have two little boys. All they want to do is go to the bounce house. All we want to do, listen to the concert and hang out. But we can't do that because we want to do the bounce house. Well, that night we went, we lucked out. The bounce houses, they were there, but they were free. All right? And so the, the kids could just go and go and go as much as they wanted. And so Rita and I, we had tag team. She's like, hey, you take the older one. I got the three-year-old. We'll be good to go. And so I'm watching the three-year-old, and he's, he's just going on the obstacle course, and he's just killing it, having a great time. So many times I'm like, dude's just going to do this for the rest of the night. I look over there. I see my beautiful wife. She's standing there by herself. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and hang out and talk with my wife. So we, we just, we're just chatting, just hanging out, enjoying our time, talking together, spending some time together until... Where's, where's Charlie? Where, where'd the three-year-old go? We go over to the obstacle course. He, he's not there. We kind of look back behind and we look around the inflatables. He's nowhere there. There's hundreds, if not thousands of people there. And that thing is starting to sink into your parents. It was like, where are those parents? Where's our kid? Where did he go? And then we get a phone call, a phone call from a friend that says, uh, hey, uh, Charlie's standing by us, by himself. He's over here on the other side of the pond. <laughs> that was my fault. That was my bad. <laughs> I own that. God sees you. Your heavenly father sees you in your discouragement. He sees you alone and frustrated in your marriage. He sees you scared in your singleness. He sees you with your anxieties at school teenagers, 
He sees you overwhelmed with your anxieties at work. He sees you wondering, why am I here in Los Alamos? He notices and he sees you burned badly by the church in your past experiences. He sees your hurts and he sees your wounds and he sees you here today. He sees your empty boat of frustration and disappointment as he's coming by today. He sees you, Jesus sees you today, and he cares for you. Because he noticed two empty boats. He noticed the discouragement, he noticed the frustration, and he stepped in the boat. Did you see that? Hope stepped into their boat. As they stepped out frustrated, hope stepped right in. A light stepped right in that moment and said, can I use this? He asked the owner, the frustrated owner, can I use this thing? I feel like God wants to ask the owner Today, whatever your discouragement is, that failure that you face, that frustration that you're dealing with, that anxiety, he's asking you today, hey, owner, can I use this today? Can I have this? Can I borrow this? What you've, what you like, hey, I don't, I'm done with this thing. Sell that boat. That boat's, I'm, I'm done with this. I, that ship has, has sailed. Moving on. Washing nets. I'm done for the day. We're going else, somewhere else. This thing is dead. Useless. And Jesus steps into the boat and says, what you've deemed useless, it's useful to me. Hope stepped in to say, hey, that thing right there, that boat, there's a great crowd around, it would serve as a great platform for me. That, that disappointment, that discouragement would be a great pulpit for me today. Owner, can, can I have your discouragement today? Can I use that today because I need it? Jesus looks at your discouragement, the things that we want to abandon that we say, oh, I'd just rather not deal with today. And if you would receive that today, says, you want to play a mind game on this? Let's flip this thing on its head. Let's turn this thing into a platform. Let's turn this thing into a platform. The second thing that we have to deal with in our mind is experience. Experience. He said, after he got done preaching this message, Peter got a front row seat in his own boat to hear the word, speak the word. And he says, now, Peter, go out deeper. Say deeper. 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 You're out deeper. Let's do it again. Say deeper. Deeper. Go out deeper and let out your nets to catch some fish. What is deep? What is deep? In, in this specific context, deep went against his experience as a fisherman. Now, I'm not a fisherman, so I've read some commentary on this. I don't know, but we do know from the context they fished at night. High noon in the middle of the day was not the best time to catch some fish. Also, if you wanted to catch some fish in the Sea of Galilee, apparently you did not go in deep waters. You stayed in the shallow waters. This went against 
what the common man of that time would have said, hey, you're supposed to not go deep in the middle of the day, Jesus, but you're saying that. Hey, how about this, Jesus? How about you uh, stay in your lane, Jesus? I, I'm, the, I'm the professional fisherman. Yeah, I had a bad night, but I'll do the fishing. You do the preaching. Stay in your lane, buddy. In fact, you know what? I could use a chair right now while I'm washing these nets. You're a carpenter. Make me a chair. It, it just goes against experience. What is deeper? This is a trigger word for me in the church specifically. Oh, I want to go deep. I want to go deep in my relationship with God. Oh, that sermon was deep. Oh, I want to get fed. I wish that pastor would just be deep. What is, is deep? And in a lot of church contexts, if you grew up in the church, deep just meant knowledge. Deep meant somebody who could say something. Oh, this is the word in the Greek, and here's what it meant. Here's the word in the Hebrew, and here's what it meant. And we translated that to maturity. Deep in a message was like, hey, I left today and I learned something today. Who cares the fact that the preacher preached and confused the crap out of all of us and so I can leave here and I don't have to struggle about actually having to apply this thing to my life, but dang, I learned something. I guess I'm good to go. Look at me, I'm good. What is, what is deep? Let me, let me give you an illustration. Hey, Ryan, where's Ryan? we're going to use this football again. Can I have that football? We're going to try this again. Throw me the football. Hey, hey, hey. There we go. We got it. All right, Ryan, go deep. Yeah, go deep. Go that way. Yep. Everybody said go deep. Deeper. All right, that's good. That's good. Hey, there we go. There we go. You can go ahead and have a seat, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, what? So he asked the question, go deep. But what I didn't see him do was, well, I'm going to pray about it. I gave him instruction. He didn't say, well, let's have a business meeting about it. I, didn't, I gave him instruction to go deep. He didn't go, well, let me look at the playbook here and study what it means. You know, he just said, no, go deep. What did he do? He took a step. He took a few steps. Then I said, what? Go deeper. And he took more steps. What is deep? Jesus says, I want to go deep today. What is deep? Deep is this. But if you say so, I will again. If you say so, I'll let down my nets again. What is deep? If you say so, fill in the blank, Jesus, and I will again. Deep meant hard work. Deep meant risking disappointment again. Deep meant getting those nets out that I had just washed those nets. Anybody ever clean the kitchen? And then your spouse comes in or the kids come in or whatever. And then you, I just clean this. Deep meant going against his experience and his knowledge to say, that's the wrong idea, Jesus. But if you say so, I will. That's deep. That's deep. Don't get tripped up in the, what we think of comfortable Christianity that you might have grown up with. 
Deep is next steps. Deep is obedience. If you say so, I will. I don't care what other people will think. They're going to see us going out there and be like, what are those fools doing? I don't care. Deep is next. Our mission at Freedom Church is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Everyone has a next step. Deep for you is a next step. And it's going to go against what you would think, well, all experience says I've been in church and this is what we do. No, 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 no. Get that out of your head. You want an experience with God. You want the presence of God in your life. This is a setup for Peter to say, hey, I want to to show you who I am in a real way. I got a personal experience. You're relying on your experience. In fact, that's one of the greatest hindrances to you growing in your relationship with God is you relying on how God did it the last time when he's trying to do something brand new. I'm trying, he's trying to give you an experience with him, to experience his presence. And he's calling you to go deep, which means you got to do the hard work, the step of faith to follow him. That's where the presence of God is at. That's where the risky next step of faith is your next experience with God, not sitting here. He can speak to you here, but I'm telling you, it's going to be out there when you go and take that step of faith. It's happened with all of the people in the Bible that you see. Moses, what's this, Moses? It's a stick in your hand? Yeah, use that and you're going to part the Red Sea. David, I got, a, I got a, some rocks and a sling. Yeah, use that to take down a giant. The the army of Israel marching around Jericho. Yeah, you're just going to march around Jericho seven times, then shout, and then you got the city conquered. That, that, what? I don't know about that. The wise men. Hey, I think I'm going to follow this star because I think it's leading me to the savior of the world. It's the the boy with five loaves and two fish saying, I don't see how this is going to make a dent, but here you go, Jesus. It's Peter getting out of the boat, saying, "Uh, I think I'm going to sink in these ways, but somehow I think if I take a step towards Jesus, I could actually walk on this water. It's Mary looking at her husband-to-be saying, "God, God did this. And it's Joseph looking at his bride to be saying, I'm going to go against all experience in this, Mary. But I think God's in there. You want to experience God in your life? Take your next step of faith. Go deeper with God beyond knowledge. Live it out in your life. And the third area in our head that I see in this passage is guilt. They take in this massive catch He brings in his friends. He signals them over and they come in. They bring in this massive hall. And it says, Peter says, when he he recognized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. I'm a mess, Jesus. I'm a fisherman. I'm illiterate. I don't have what it takes. 
I'm a loud mouth. I got a short fuse, Jesus. You don't want anything, anything to do with me. Guilt. When, when, we, experience, when we have guilt, guilt is kind of, it's like it's a debt that we have. Like if I did something against you, then I, I owe you something. I'm guilty. I'm the guilty party and I owe you. And we're all guilty in some way, shape, or form, especially in our relationship with God. So we have guilt, and it's a, it's, it's a debt that we owe. And you could think about it as something you're guilty in just the things that you said to your kids this week. You're guilty in, in something maybe that you did in college. If I looked at your search history, Guilty. But we don't experience guilt like it's a debt. We experience will like, guilt like it's a weight. And we carry it everywhere with us. When, when, you're, when you're letting guilt be the boss of your life, shame comes in. And you push people away and you will push God away. It affects your ability to be loved as well as to love others. It affects your ability to forgive yourself and forgive other people. It affects your ability to serve because we're carrying weights of guilt around us and it's exhausting. You hear people, when they finally give up the weight of guilt, they say, they say it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And while we're all guilty, it's an accurate view. It's an incomplete view as well. Some of y'all need to get out of God's head. You're, 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 you're placing things in your head thinking that, that God's thinking something about you and you need to get, out of, get that out of your head. I know some of, we grew up in church and, and like point one, it was like, okay, the gospel's good news, right? It's not bad news. It's good news. But we grew up in church and it was like the, the pastor's sermon was point one, you suck. Point two was, you suck. And point three was, you suck. And you're like, you're like, oh gosh, man, God just hates me. No, God loves you. You need to get out of God's head. We live in people's heads too much in our lives, in our marriages. Well, I think that she thinks I'm lazy. Well, I think that he thinks I'm not good looking. Well, I think that she thinks that, that I just, I'm a loud mouth and, and I'm, I'm too angry all the time. And we put that, we're living in their heads, putting our mind games that we're playing in our relationships. Get out of your spouse's head. Get out of God's head. You want to know what God says about you? Romans 8, chapter 1, for now. Everybody say now. Now, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you have a relationship with Jesus, there is no condemnation. That shame that you feel, that, gate, that, that guilt that you're carrying around is not from God. And you need to give that over to him to say, I'm releasing this to you. That's not coming from your heavenly father. When you are in Christ, when he's in your boats, there is so much hope. Shame does not have to be the boss of you anymore. You can tell it where to go.
Jesus did whatever it took to show me I have what it takes to be loved and used by God. He sees Peter in this moment. He says, not me, but Peter, I don't see who you are. I see who I've called you to be. And that's where we're going. Let's go into business, Peter, because from now on, we're not going to fish here. We're going to go fishing for people. Let's do business together. Let's, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And there's a God moment in this place. Right here is a God moment. What was an abandoned boat of frustration, I'm done, I'm out of here, is now full with fish, but more importantly, with the presence of Jesus. He has an encounter with Jesus, a moment with God here on earth. And it says, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed him. Jesus is saying to you today, let's go into business. There's a lot of fish out there. And you got some mind games rolling on, but if you can get past those things, they need to hear it. I know you've got discouragement, but I can, I can use that. It's useful to me as a platform. I know you've been relying on experience. I'm trying to show you something new, and I know you've got this weight of guilt around you, but if you would give that over to me, there's so much good news in all of this because Jesus did whatever it took. He went deep. He went to the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. When all hope looked like it was lost as he was being buried deep into that tomb, little did they know what they were on the cusp of was a resurrection. And little do you know that you might be on the cusp of a great moment and experience with God on your next step today. What's in your head? What do you got going on in your head that you're telling yourself today? Give it over to God. Reorient your brain so you can find the presence of God. That's what I'm after. That's what you're after. That's what you want. I just want to know more of God. Are you willing to leave everything to follow him? You got something in your hand that you're holding on to? Not my finances, God. I mean, I'll serve you in other things. I got time. I got I left everything. I want in with Jesus. I want to experience him more. It's not up here. It's here. Walking it out. Steps of faith. One by one. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.